0: a bit better. When I was praying with Adam in there this morning, I I just felt it was so good to love the Lord. So good. It's so (laughs) joy-filling. It fills your heart with joy when you pour out love to the Lord. And uh, we can carry on doing that while I'm up here speaking. You can still be Pouring out your love to the Lord in your heart. And if, if it just bubbles over, I won't mind. You know, if you want to shout a hallelujah or I love you, Lord. Because we're going to hear this morning about how good God is. So if it starts to overflow in your heart, don't be embarrassed. I won't mind at all. But I have six points for you this morning. Saw the persecutor, saw the perplexed, saw the prayer, saw the preacher, saw the persecuted, and saw the protected. So I've got about three or four minutes for each of those points, if I'm going to keep you not too long. Saw the persecutor. Chapter nine of Acts starts off. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And uh, Luke writes that he still is because in chapter 7, we have the account of the stoning of Stephen and uh, the, the witnesses who were those who actually threw the stones that killed Stephen. They cast their overcoats, they, they put them down at Saul's feet because Saul was the master ringleader. He was the inciter to murder. He was the, the one who was encouraging his fellow Jewish leaders in the Sanhedrin to be totally against those who were following Jesus and preaching in his name. And at the beginning of chapter 8, it says, Now Saul was consenting to his death. And at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the, the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made a great lamentation over him. For Saul made havoc of the church. Havoc, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. And then we have in chapter 8 the account of the church being scattered and scattering the good seed of the word of God everywhere they went and of Philip going down to Samaria and preaching and the work that God did there down in Samaria and so Luke continues in chapter 9 with Saul's story he is still breathing out threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 12 to 17 Paul talks about his former life he says I was a blasphemer I was a persecutor. I was insolent, which in the margin of my Bible says violently arrogant. Saul was not a nice man to meet in a dark alley at night if you were a follower of Jesus. He was a violent man, he was enraged because he was so zealous for what he saw as this upstart group of Jews who were going against all the traditions of the fathers, who were against the law of Moses, who were against all the traditions that the rabbis and the scribes and the Pharisees had built up over hundreds of years on top of, And to hide the truth of God's word. And he was enraged. He was so zealous for the traditions of the fathers. He would have been very much at home as a terrorist in ISIS. He would have been very much at home in Amjan Chowdhury's group. He was a terrorist, a persecutor of the church. Now, we might not think of Saul before he was saved as being as bad as some of the bad people that are around today who have such a hatred for anybody who does not agree with them. But he was. He breathed out murder. There was murder in his heart That was Saul, the persecutor. And because he was so incensed, he went everywhere in all the synagogues of the Jews to imprison and persecute and murder those who were following Jesus. Because many of them still met in the synagogues. Many of them still kept the law of Moses, but... They weren't looking to the law of Moses for their salvation. They were looking to Jesus. And so, while this Saul, with a band of men, went to Damascus with letters from the high priest in Jerusalem... To bind and bring to Jerusalem, to imprison and persecute and murder any he found there who were of the way. That is what the Christians were called at that time. Followers of the way. Well, because Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the only way. So it's a very apt description of those who believed in Jesus. And he is perplexed because he thinks he is serving God. But on the way, this light from heaven, brighter than the light of the sun, shone down on on Saul and literally threw him to the ground. The light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He met Jesus. I think people have been praying for Saul because Jesus taught that we should love our enemies. We should pray for them. We should bless them. This week I've been praying for Amjad Chowdhury. I've been praying for Muslim extremists who have murder in their hearts because of looking at Saul's life. Because of looking at what Jesus, when he confronted Saul, how he turned him round 180 degrees. We ought to pray for these people because they are zealots, they are absolutely, totally committed to what they are doing. But God can take these people and turn them right around and make them totally committed to Him. Do you ever pray for the Muslim terrorists? I want to encourage you to do it. I want to encourage you to ask God to shine His light, the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, on these people that they might be saved. God is saving many Muslims around the world. We don't hear about it other than on maybe one or two Christian channels. But God is saving Muslims. Let's pray for these people. Let's pray for those who hate us, who are opposed to us. And there have been many in opposition, but Saul became perplexed because he is thrown to the ground with this bright light shining on him, and there's a voice that says, Saul, Saul, yes, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Saul, why are you persecuting me? Well, Saul didn't imagine that he was persecuting anyone from heaven. He believed because he was deceived and was in ignorance and unbelief. That he was doing the will of God. And so many people. Who are opposing everybody who doesn't believe what they believe. Violently opposing them. Murdering them. They believe that they are serving God. But God is able to change them. So. So. Saul is confused. He's perplexed. He says, because this light has thrown him to the ground, and it's obviously he's met with somebody far more powerful than him, he says, who are you, Lord? And Jesus says to him, I am Jesus, whom you persecute in. You're against me. And he says, what do you want me to do, Lord? And Jesus said to him, well, get up, go into Damascus, and you'll be told what to do. This was how Saul met Jesus, his first contact. Do you know, your first contact with Jesus is so important. Your first contact with Jesus may have been with somebody talking about somebody who wants to do everything for you and serve you so that you are the very center of his attention. But that wasn't how Saul met Jesus. Saul met Jesus as someone who confronted him and said, you are going the wrong way, you are persecuting me, And Saul realized who was Lord. Who are you, Lord? What do you want me to do, Lord? We need to meet with Jesus as Lord. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul talks about The God of this world, having blinded the minds of those who are in darkness, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine upon them. And Saul on the way to Damascus had the light of the glory of God shine upon him. But not just shine upon him, but shine in him. Because Paul writes in there, he says, God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God who commanded the light to shine in the natural creation, commanded the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ to shine in Saul's heart. And he was overwhelmed, he was overpowered, and he knew who was Lord. We need to come to Jesus realizing who is Lord. Because that was the gospel that Paul preached. He preached Jesus... As Lord, Paul the perplexed, became Paul the prayer. He went into Damascus blinded by the light, and yet having wonderful revelation in his heart, and he began to pray. I mean, he really began to pray. No doubt he had recited prayers before. As a Pharisee, One who was separate. That's what Pharisee means. One who is separated to God. And he would have prayed in a ritualistic way. But having no relationship with God. But now through Jesus who had met him who was now Lord he begins to pray. Because when the Lord appears to Ananias and says, Go to Straight Street. You will find Saul there and he is praying. And as he prayed, God revealed to him how much he would suffer for his sake. So Saul. The persecutor and Saul, the perplexed, and Saul, the prayer, became Saul, the preacher. Immediately, he preached Christ the Lord, that he is the Son of God. And that's what he preached throughout his life, that Jesus is Lord. And it's such an important and integral part of the gospel. Because Jesus came to give his life and to serve. And he continues to serve us. But we facilitate that service of him towards us when we know who is the Lord. Is Jesus your Lord? Or is he... Someone who you think is like a slot machine. You put your money in, like you read your Bible, you pray, you come to Jubilee, you put your money in the slot, you expect to get something out. You know, somebody said to me the other week, well, it's just not working. As if, you know, God was like a slot machine where you put your money in and you get what you want out. That's not the relationship. The relationship is Jesus is Lord and we are his servants. In every letter that Paul wrote that I can think of, maybe you might find one where there's an exception. He wrote, Saul, a servant of Jesus Christ that was how he started his letters and that word servant actually means a bond slave he's a slave Paul a slave of Jesus Christ and it started right there where he met Jesus who are you Lord what do you want me to do Lord and that was what he preached he preached Jesus Christ as Lord. So he didn't preach, come to Jesus and he will give you everything you want. It was come to Jesus because he is Lord. God has made him Lord. And so this that's what Saul started preaching in Damascus. And he preached it in the synagogue (laughs) where he had gone to persecute the Christians. And the Jews who didn't want to accept that Jesus was Lord began to plot to kill him. And so the Christians in Damascus had to one night let him down over the wall in a big basket so he could escape. So Paul the preacher became Paul the persecuted. Now we know from his letter to the Galatians that after he left Damascus, he didn't go to Jerusalem straight away. It was three years later that he then went to Jerusalem and he tried to join himself to the church there, but they were afraid of him. You can see how much havoc, how much fear he had created in the hearts of God's people in Jerusalem. That even after three years, they didn't want or they didn't trust him to come into their fellowship. But Barnabas, big-hearted Barnabas, he took Saul and he brought him to the apostles and told them what God Had done for him. So, Paul the persecuted, he had to escape from Jerusalem because of what he was preaching. I've been also thinking this week and praying about the fact that we're not persecuted, and why is it? Are we preaching the same message? Are we standing for the same things? Or is the world really not against us? Like the people were against the church in these very early days. And if they're not, why is it? Is it it because they don't see us as a threat? You see, the people that began to persecute Saul, saw him as a threat. We should be a threat. We should be a threat to the world because we are not of this world. We have a message that should really antagonize. That's something for us to think about, I think. because there are parts of the world where Christians are persecuted Saul the persecuted became Saul the protected the Christians looked after him the Christians sent him away and he was away for quite some years God would in that time reveal the gospel to him. God would in that time give him revelation from the Old Testament and also fresh revelation that had not been revealed before. And we have that in his letters, in his epistles. But then, with Saul out of the picture... The persecution died down, and it says in chapter 9, verse 31, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria, had peace, and were edified, and were walking in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. God can multiply the church during times of persecution and he can multiply the church when they have peace as well. And because there was peace and the persecution had died down, Peter, as one of the apostles, got out and about. And we read of him going to... Uh, see Aeneas and ministering healing to him. And we also see him going to raise Dorcas from the dead. I think the thing that I want to stress this morning is that Jesus is Lord. And he is able, as we pray for and as we bless and as we speak good towards those who hate us, who are murderous, God is able to save them. And if you're at all challenged this morning, And in a sense, we should all be challenged that Jesus is Lord and that we are to be his slaves. And if you don't know what Jesus wants you to do, if your Christian life is a little bit aimless, do what Saul did. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? he was sure about one thing, that Jesus was Lord and that he wanted to serve him from that moment on. And if you want to know what Jesus wants you to do, ask him and he will tell you. If you've been challenged by anything that has been said this morning and God has been speaking to you, I'm sure that there will be those here who will help you come to the front after we've sung another worship song. And God will meet with you. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.